Welcome to the Real Talk with Real Fit Pros podcast, where fitness professionals learn to get what they're worth. With over 30 years of combined experience in the fitness industry, Jonathan Loudermilk and Mark the Fitness Ninja Zolmanoff share their expertise in helping fit pros work smarter, earn more, and design a business that they love. Learn about effective social media strategies, organic marketing, client acquisition and retention, and whatever other shenanigans John and Mark bring to the table. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode of Real Talk with Real Fit Pros. Welcome to another episode of Real Talk with Real Fit Pros. It's your boy, Jonathan Lottermilk, your host with the most. And as always, I've got my main man, Mark the Fitness Ninja Zalmanoff with me. And we've got one of our very special clients here with us. That This is going to be one hell of a show packed full of gold nuggets and, of course, some shenanigans. But before we get into our guest of the, sh- of the episode and get into the shenanigans and all the things that we do, I need you to take a second and help the fit pro bros out. We need your help so that we can get this out in front of more of our brothers and sisters so that we can help them get what not only what they're worth in their bank account, but what they're worth in every area of their life. So every like, subscribe, review, all that helps the channel. So go ahead and do that real quick and we will greatly appreciate it. With that being said, I'm gonna pass the baton off the market. Let's get the show on the road. Woo! Oh yeah. And by the way, if you listen to this and you don't, subscribe and leave a review i'm pretty sure a baby seal gets clubbed so. yep that's true it's that's true cool. leonard had to be put down last week i really liked him <laughs> poor leonard you know, we raised him from a pup and everything then i had to put him down because you didn't subscribe to the channel it was sad got, got clubbed yeah got clubbed. um it's a great day you know the sun is shining i got a i got a celsius in one hand i got my remarkable tablet <laughs> to my right hand side by the way uh, remarkable Celsius. I am available for sponsorship opportunities. So just contact me, hit me up. Uh, if, if anybody knows any air fryer reps, that's John's thing. And monster. <laughs> air fryer is a monster. I love it. Uh, today's guest is a, it really is a special guest today because this is not only a client of ours, this is a, a good friend of ours. This is somebody that we've got to grow beside over the last year or so, year and a half, maybe. And it's, you know, it's always rewarding when you coach people and you see like exponential growth. You know, we always expect people to, to, to do some level of, of success and, and do the things. But, but our guest today has taken the bull by the horns and is just blowing it out of the water. She is a fitness professional. She runs her own, own show. She's going to tell you all about that. She's a mindset coach. She is a wife to a serial entrepreneur who we've actually had on this show before. She's a homeschooling mom to four kids. God bless her. Four. And uh, when you get to know her a little bit, you'll understand why that's a, actually a really good thing because there's we need some more freedom in this world. And I know she's instilling her love of freedom into her kids. She is passionate about helping people create a life that they love. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Kirsten Smith. Welcome to the show, Kirsten. Thank you for having me, guys. Woo. You know, when uh, the three of us were chatting a couple weeks ago, I swear we've had you on here before. And I realized, like, you've been on my podcast, but you haven't been on this one. Mm-hmm. And you have all kinds of exciting shit coming up. So we'll dive into that in a minute. But first, story time. <laughs> we were just what? talking about this. Yep, so what you got for us? I, um, 
I, I work virtually with women. So I think I'm at a disadvantage. I don't have a super funny gym story to share. Um, but <laughs> my husband and I own a gym, but I also like pay to go to another gym. So they'll watch those four kids of mine because my <laughs> husband won't watch them so I can work out. So I go to the gym and I'm obsessed with the absolute train wrecks that people will put together at the gym. So there was one day a guy went in and he took a BOSU ball and he flipped it upside down and he was balancing on top. And at first it was normal. He was just doing squats and then he just kept adding things to it. And it got more and more dangerous with each element that he added. So he added bands and I'm like, oh, okay, okay. This is sketchy. Let's see what he can do. And then he, he loaded up a barbell and then he had to figure out how to get his loaded barbell from a hang clean position overhead to squat it on top of his BOSU ball. And needless to say, it, I, I wanted to record it, but I felt really morally conflicted. So I didn't, but, um, it was, it was an absolute train wreck. Like you couldn't look away, but I was trying to not stare. So I'm obsessed when people do like just kind of crazy stuff like that at the gym and it always cracks me up. That's like Instagram worthy stuff right there. It really is. It's like hashtag gym fail all the way. Yeah. And it was. And I don't see that as shaming either. It's just sharing shenanigans with other people, you know? Like, yeah, I mean, it's educational. It's what not to do. <laughs> Dude, my, my favorite ones is when people are using the cable pole machines, like the lap pull down bar, and they're doing like Spider-Man poles, like jumping around all over the freaking place, or they're like inverted, and they're like in the air doing rows. <laughs> it's like, really? <laughs> so good. They come up with some wazoo stuff. Or maybe it's it's all the Instagram fitness influencers. I'm training to be a superhero, damn it. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> learn knows? how to fly somewhere. You know, <laughs> you know. All right. So so Kirsten, you have you have quite the story. We know your story, but a lot of our listeners probably don't. So I'm gonna l- kind of give you carte blanche. You go back as far as you want. And I and I want you to share how you've got to where you are now. So wherever you want to take that is, that's on you. Okay. Uh, Well, we'll start. I was born a poor black child. Uh, (laughs) Yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for the movie reference. I finally made my husband watch that movie. He had never seen it. And I'm like, you've never seen The Jerk? You're like, it's classic. Anyway, I was not born a poor black child. Um, My husband and I opened a gym in 2011. Um, it was not necessarily my dream, but I wanted to support him. He's very much an entrepreneur. Um, I did not like to work out at all. It was not my jam. I didn't like fitness. I didn't like sports. Um, I mean, I went to college majoring in classical ballet. Okay. So like that, that was the extent of my physical activity. Um, but I worked to support him in 2012. We had our first kid. You know, every two years from then on, we added a kid to the mix until we, I guess, figured out what caused it. And we are like, we're good here. <laughs> um, so then we really kind of went into our own separate spheres without realizing, I guess, what was happening. So he really focused on building the business. And, you know, I worked in the business at first. We came up with all these stories about how we didn't work well together. Really, he didn't manage people well. Our communication was really bad, you know, on both of our parts. So we decided I would be at home with the kids um, and kind of manage things there, do sort of the back office administrative side of managing our businesses. And he would do kind of the day-to-day stuff. So, you know, very slowly, almost kind of 
imperceptible shifts started happening um, where he was fully focused on the business and I became fully focused on home and our family. Um, so what that, in hindsight, what we were doing is he knew how to pull the levers to like get wins in business, right? So he would put his focus there when he felt like he couldn't really get a focus or couldn't get a win with me or with the kids because it was easier, right? And I did the exact same thing. It was easier for me to pull the levers at home and get a win and feel like I was succeeding at something. Um, so we really just doubled down on what was working for us and we neglected all the things that weren't working and all the areas where we weren't growing. So we really neglected our relationship for a long time. Um, he started joining masterminds. He got really into the personal development space. Um, you know, he started working as a coach for other gym owners and, um, you know, he would encourage me to set goals for myself, but it didn't seem, it didn't seem feasible. Honestly, like I was a little offended that he'd be like, set some goals for yourself. And I'm like, you're so out of touch with the life that I live having these young kids. I'm so underwater every day. And I'm going through, I mean, it's groundhog day, same thing. You're, you're wiping the same butts. You're making the same Mac and cheese. You know, you're doing all the same stuff over and over and over again. I didn't understand how in that life, how do you grow and how do you set goals? So I didn't for years. And that led me to completely forget who I was. And I got to a really grouchy place. Um, I didn't have any good habits. I wasn't waking up at the same time every day. Um, I was never waking up early. I was starting my day reactive, grumpy. My hair was on fire. Um, and honestly, it took until about three years ago, probably after our last kid was born, um, for me to really kind of get things dialed in and realize that I had to be the person to fill my own cup. I was waiting around kind of thinking that he was going to show up for me someday and fill my own cup, but it was just creating this kind of detrimental codependent relationship, right? Where neither one of us were really fulfilled. So um, I had kind of my come to Jesus moment. He invested in me personally. Um, and he got me a fitness nutrition coach that I worked with virtually in 2017. And that kind of served to shatter some of my stories. Cause I'd been telling myself, you know, he sets his own goals, but I can't get back into shape after having all these kids because I can't ever get to the gym. Well, I couldn't hold that story. And then also, you know, acknowledge that he just invested a lot of money for me to work one-on-one -on -one with a fitness nutrition coach. So like one of those stories had to give. So then that just kind of got me into questioning a lot of my stories and figuring out, you know, what actually is true, what is serving me and developing some of those winning habits through fitness and nutrition really led to me kind of rediscovering who I am and my sense of purpose in the world, what I have to offer. So, so what was, oh, <laughs> you go ahead, Mark. What was the catalyst of that come to Jesus? Because obviously a lot of, you know, I, there's a lot to unpack there. We know that. And this show's only like 45 minutes long, but you know, I think we all have that point in our life, whatever the problem is where those of us who choose to grow are like, okay, fuck it. I can't, I can't do this anymore. Something's got to give. So you said you had your fourth kid it happened somewhat after that, but was there a moment? Was there a situation? Did something happen when you're like, okay, I, something's got to give. Yeah, without a doubt. So at some point when I was pregnant with our fourth, I thought we weren't going to stay married. 
at all. We had completely grown apart and we'd had this pattern for a really long time, but I think a lot of married couples fall into, right? Where like, we, it was easier for us to not communicate. Like we were just going through the motions, kind of the wash, rinse, repeat, put the kids in, but eat dinner, bathe them, put the kids in bed and like sit in the living room, turn a show on Netflix and scroll on our phones, right? We weren't investing in each other at all. And when I tried to get like an emotional connection with him, because he was very withdrawn, because he was very much in the business, um, I, I couldn't get it. And so I felt like the more that I would kind of reach for him, the farther away he was. And so sometimes, you know, when you have that dynamic in a relationship, we are just, when you get down to it, we're kind of kids, right? And anybody that has raised a kid knows that sometimes bad attention is still attention, right? So maybe every fifth or seventh day in the evening, like I would not intentionally pick a fight, but there would be something like, hey, can you help me do X, Y, or Z, right? And he'd give me pushback because he was so busy, but like, I'm busy too. And now I'm mad that he doesn't understand that I'm busy. And so we would just butt heads all the time, right? We were bringing this really masculine energy to each other all the time. And it was just like a constant pissing contest of who was busier. Mm. And I, I think that got to a point that was so bad where I quit trying. Like I quit trying to even get a reaction. And I was like, we're, we're done. Like, we can't even, we can't talk. We can't get along. Like, is, are we going to stay married until our kids like graduate and move out? And they're going to be one of those couples that just like stay together for the kids for the next 18 years. Like what other alternative is there? And for me, you know, I'd been a stay at home mom. I left a career that I had prepared for. I had no financial independence really. So like, how do you leave your husband? Right. I got like, $20 in an old purse somewhere and a bunch of shared bank accounts. Like I I felt everywhere I looked in my life at that point, I felt trapped. And I think that being so backed into a corner that like, you know, am I going to take these four kids now? Like my husband and I are going to get divorced. I'm going to live in an apartment somewhere. Now I'm going to become a single working mom. And I got an infant. We had no family that lived in the state of Texas. It was, it was just a nightmare. And I think that being in that dark place really was the push that I needed to realize that I had to make the best out of a bad situation, right? And like, if I couldn't rely on him necessarily, because all the poking and prodding that I'd done, all the things I said, hey, I need you to support me with X, Y, and Z that I hadn't gotten for years, right? Because I kept thinking that it was 50-50 and I was giving my 50% in the relationship and he was not showing up with his 50% realistically, he was probably given his 50%. It just wasn't exactly what I needed, you know? So I think that was ultimately, that was the push that I needed to kind of get my own shit together and figure out what I needed to be happy in life. I, I, I like that. So, I mean, you know, I study a lot of stoicism and so, you know, ultimately all we have control over are our own thoughts and actions and, you know, John and I, and you, you talk about it too, but we always talk about extreme ownership and that's, I mean, that's a prime example right there of, you know what, you can't control him. Most of the time, you probably can't control your kids. But what you can control is what you do with the information you're being given, which is, you know, which is why you are where you are now and as successful as you are now. So, so you have that come to Jesus, you have this moment, you're like, all right, I'm going to actually do something about this. You start working with a coach from that client side, because a lot of, a lot of coaches have never, actually worked with a coach like past high school 
you know, they don't go hire personal trainers. They're like, oh, I can do it all on my own, right? So in the beginning for you, what was that client journey like? Um, it was a little non-existent because, you know, I was working virtually. Um, my coach was male. He was a power lifter. He was not at all, you know, somebody that I would have picked out of a lineup. Um, plus I was coming from like the CrossFit world. So he was writing me programming that was, you know, strictly hypertrophy. Um, and I was going to the gym five days a week, basically working on, you know, kind of bodybuilding and physique stuff. And I think that part of it was the way that he designed my training. Cause I could, I could drop the kids off early in the morning at school, mother's day out, whatever. And then I would go straight to the gym and I'd be at the gym for an hour. And a lot of days, to be honest, early on, like from 2017 to 2020, probably, um, there were tons of days that I just went and scrolled on my phone in my car. I didn't even like go in. Sometimes I would go in and I would literally just sit on the chair in the lobby and scroll on my phone because I needed to just decompress. But most of the time I was there already, like my workout was on my phone. So eventually I was kind of like, eh, I'm already here. I might as well work out. And that was kind of what it took to start building the habit. Yeah. Right. Cause I didn't have any background to draw on. Like my husband is a very talented athlete, right? Even if he kind of gets a little bit out of shape, I'll put that in air quotes, right? Cause he's never really out of shape. Like he just snaps back, right? He's got that long history of muscle memory and stuff to fall back on. I didn't have any of that. Um, so it was, we didn't have a lot of interaction, but generally if I'm given a task, I might have some pushback initially, you know, me personally and how my personality works, but eventually I'm going to do the shit you tell me to do. Right. So I think that worked. I do. It's given me a little bit of insight with the women that I work with now, since I work virtually with them and I have them submit progress pictures. None of us like doing that at all, but I always relate the story of, you know, I was like three months postpartum and it was in the middle of winter. I think it was, you know, maybe March and I was still like flabby and squishy everywhere. And I had to have my husband take this picture of me to submit to this man I didn't know a few states <laughs> away online. And I just felt like I was wearing a sports bra and booty shorts. I remember it vividly. And I felt like the Pillsbury Doughboy. Like all the skin was just white and doughy and fleshy, so much flesh. And there were just, there were rolls. <laughs> and I felt so terrible about myself. And I think that that, you know, it engenders a little bit of, of trust that I've been there myself when I ask my clients now, like we're doing this, not as a judgment, but like looking back now, a few months after that, I was so happy. I had those initial pictures, even though they completely sucked at the time. Yeah. And that's what I was curious about was what did you learn either to do or not to do in your own coaching from that experience? Um, I never knew you had like a bodybuilder. That's kind of funny. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Was it like Jeff's buddy? <laughs> no, no, it was, um, it was, it was through Renaissance periodization. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah one of their one-to-one -one coaches was my first coach. Hmm. So, so when, when did you decide that this was going to be your calling? Obviously you've been in the fitness realm for a long time, you know, with owning the gym and all that, you start get back in shape. Again, was there a moment where you're like, mm, there's some people that need my help. You know, because there's was, a bajillion of us out there. <laughs> that's true. Um, but it was totally by accident. 
And it was so funny how it kind of, it all worked out because, you know, I had baby number four, middle of 2019. Um, I ended up getting my nutrition certification just because, you know, when I worked with a coach, that was my first intro into nutrition, which opened up an entire world of possibilities. Cause I realized I'd been, you know, beating myself up in the gym, but it was like, I had one arm tied behind my back. Cause I was still eating like an asshole. So, I mean, to be honest, I didn't want to acknowledge that I was eating like an asshole because I didn't really count it, but like the pizza rolls and the handfuls of goldfish and all the, the bottles of wine at night to drown my mom's sorrows, it all counted. Um, but realistically it was the combination of like having that baby. I personally, I lost that weight pretty quickly. Um, and people started kind of reaching out like people that I knew in the neighborhood, mom, friends, stuff like that. And then right after that, we've got spring 2020 Mm. and now all of a sudden everybody's gym is shut down. Right. So I figured, okay, well, this is an opportunity to help people. And, you know, I'm just kind of doing, doing my own thing anyway. So I'll share some workouts. So I made a Facebook group for people. Um, you know, I was busy trying to pivot with our gym and move it virtual. So I just set up a little Facebook group. I would share workouts in there. I added, you know, all the ladies that I knew that were now at home with their kids and tried to just post some encouraging stuff in there, which actually is now turned into my Facebook group. Um, and it, you know, initially it was just kind of, I was offering help when people asked for it. I started running some kind of habit based challenges to keep people pseudo sane. Um, but I, I didn't really know where it was going to go. I, I did initially kind of try to turn it into a business because I'm like, there could be something here. This could be interesting. And I did it all wrong. I mean, and then I met you guys and you were like, yeah, you, you screwed all that up. Like, let's redo it. And I was like, okay, thanks. You know, what, what's really great. It, it's, you know, it's kind of the classic trainer story of, you know, I got my ass in shape. People started to notice you know, I, I, I led with, with a servant attitude, but, but the difference is, and, and I often wonder whether you can really teach this or not. The difference is you fully embrace this at some point and double down on you to actually make it a business. And, and so many coaches just dabble and dip their toe in and pull their toe out, dip their toe in and pull their toe out, or they start and it doesn't work and they go, well, fuck it. I guess I'm not supposed to do this. Whereas, you know, again, you got, you have a little bit of an advantage because you have a husband that's driven and motivated and you started being surrounded by other people that are that same way. So obviously that helps, but still like you have to show up and do the work, right? Was, was there a moment in this process where you're like, not only did you feel that you had something in your hands, but like, okay, we're going all in. I think that the way it all kind of shook out for me, I had spent years. So, I mean, my background was I spent 10 years in higher education working on a PhD. Okay. I specialized in Arabic and Islamic studies. And my research focus was the justification for violence in Islam. I did a lot of counterterrorism, justifications for suicide bombing, um, tons of what most people would consider like pretty niche, like interesting stuff. Um, And I was good at it. Like I got recruited to come do my PhD. That's why we live in Houston because Rice University flew me down here and recruited me. Like I, 
I've always been kind of driven towards a goal and I don't really do things halfway. So when I decide I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it right now. Like I said, I might pussyfoot around a little bit at the beginning and then go all in. Um, but once I decide, like I'm in, I think that giving that part of my life up, you know, something I was used to going to the Middle East, like every summer and living there for three months and studying and giving up all that stuff, being like the nerdy PhD girl to be a stay-at-home mom was a huge change. And it was a really big sacrifice. And while I am very grateful for the opportunity, I love my kids. I love the fact that I get to have an active role in raising them and educating them shaping them into the people that I think that they need to be in this world. I also, I wanted to do something else. Like that in and of itself wasn't enough. Like I felt called, like I had this little voice in the back of my head all the time. That was like, what else? What else? Mm -hmm. And I used to think, well, maybe I'll go back to work. Like when my kids go to school, like, I don't know, what am I going to do at that point? Right. Four kids, all spaced two years apart. Like I don't work for 10 years. I'm going to go like, fold shirt to the gap or something that's not fulfilling <laughs> you know what I mean? right there john by the way that's oh, the clip. you would crush it at the gap kirsten they'd be lucky to have you <laughs> um thanks <laughs> don't go work for gap <laughs> i won't i won't but i i think that like when the opportunity presented itself and i saw the vision and i had done the internal work to be able to have all the mind shift mindset shifts necessary to see what was possible that like that is what clicked all of a sudden and I was like that is the what else like that is what I've been looking for like I have an opportunity because of like the struggles that I've been through the life that I've lived the things that I've learned all the mistakes that I've made I have the opportunity to coach women because I speak their language I know what it's like to be a real freaking busy mom to kids and try to get your ass in shape. Like it's a challenge, right? And it's different than what a lot of guys are dealing with. So I don't work with guys, right? right? I just, it, it's not my zone of genius. So it was really cool to kind of find that, that spark where, you know, kind of, I found that outlet where I could help other people finally. Well, what I love about your story, Kirsten, the most is, I don't know if you did this on purpose or not, but you got your house in order first because you felt that I was off. And once you got that in order, it gave you the ability to grow the other things that you wanted to grow. And that's one of the biggest things that I see people go through is they don't spend the time to get their house in order. So they either can't get started or they're going, but it's like they're dragging this weight which is obviously causing a lot of stress. So I think it's awesome that you did that first. And then for you to lean into this, like you simply just serving on the level that you're on and, and look what it's done. It's given you opportunities to serve on bigger and bigger levels. And I just love your story, Kirsten, because there's a lot of coaches out there. I talked to that they could have chose the other option that you didn't chose, fortunately. And that's why I think it's such a great message that you have because it's a great inspiration for these other coaches out there. If they just lean into it, get your house in order, and then go serve the people you know how to serve, then all the opportunity out there in the world is there for you to grab. You just got to go get it. So I just wanted to say that. Like, I just, I love your story, Kirsten. It's fantastic. 
Awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, and so speaking of that, one of the things that I've always admired about you, and you know this, Kirsten, is that you have allowed your voice to shine through on social media. And, you know, <laughs> anytime I mention you, I always talk about hip thrust and freedom. And there's there's still so we had, you know, we had this um, this like webinar last week that John and I did. We started talking about social media and the question always comes up like, well, what, are, you know, not only what do I post, but like, is it okay to share this about me? You know, I'm, I'm trying to promote my business a little bit and show fitness, but I think one guy was like a fiction writer. He's like, so it's okay mm. for me to share about my fiction writing. I'm like, absolutely. Like, cause you speak a language that those people speak and they're going to resonate with you or they wouldn't resonate with me at all or you or anyone else. Right. So I want you to, to dive into this side just a little bit, or a lot of it, I don't care, um, about the hip thrusts and freedom that, that are consistently in your, your stories, your news feed, and how that's really helped you to gain the clientele that, that really loves working with you. Okay, so irony of ironies, today my Facebook memories popped up and a story from one year ago was I announced the beginning of Operation Grow Booty. So I've been at it for one year. Okay. The booty has not grown to the point where I'm, I'm happy with it, but we've made a lot of progress in a year. <laughs> so I decided a year ago, I, I had a flat butt and I didn't feel feminine. I never had any curves. Like I always said, I was built like a 14 year old boy. So I wanted to actually get some curves. So I took on this challenge and literally I have done every possible variation of hip thrust that you know you could ever imagine over the last year and I will continue to do so um and I post all my stories all the time right so you're always going to find me multiple times a week check in with Kirsten what she's doing oh she's at the gym doing hip thrusts weird um <laughs> what are the odds so the other thing is freedom is one of my core values I wasn't great. I mean, when I met you guys, like when I joined Apex and we were instructed to post on social media regularly, I was like, huh, no, like my Instagram is private. I don't even let people that I went to high school with that request to follow me. If I haven't talked to them in the last 15 years, the answer is no. Like I, I was very, very private. And I used to think it was because I had kids that I didn't want their pictures being around. I just wanted to be like close friends and family. Realistically, it was just because I didn't have a lot of confidence mm. in hindsight. Um, so I was really, really uncomfortable posting on social media. Another thing that COVID kind of, you know, pushed me out of my comfort zone because there was such blatant hypocrisy that I could not keep my mouth shut. So freedom is a core value. Honesty is also a core value. I don't handle hypocrisy well at all, okay? If someone lies to me or someone fudges the truth to me, I'm like, oh, fuck, no, we, we done. We're gonna, we're gonna talk about this. We're gonna hash it out right here, right now. Um, it will like absolutely send me into another dimension of pissed off to be lied to. And when people are hypocritical to me, like they're just lying. So I have a tendency to not be able to bite my tongue there. So when everyone is, you know, creating all these mask mandates and saying, oh, don't travel. And then they're doing like Zoom calls. Like the mayor of Austin is in like Playa del Carmen. And he was like, stay home, hunker down everybody. Like we're really in the thick of things with this COVID outbreak. Like get out of here, right? 
all the teachers and school board people that were fighting to keep schools closed and then they were vacationing everywhere every time that stuff came out i was all over it so what i realized is that actually like, the more i posted stuff like that the more of like a strong following i started to get um which was really interesting i thought it would be a huge pain i thought people would argue with me but they didn't at all. And the more that I started kind of posting along the lines of hip thrusts and freedom, I got like zero pushback. And I got people that were like majorly on board that check in, like the relationships that I have built with people that I have never even met in person via social media because of our interactions over things. It's unreal. Like I've met solid stand up individuals that I feel like I have an actual relationship with which I never would have dreamed of two years ago. You know, it's, it's wild to think about what it's done, but it really has, you know, I think that a lot of people want some element of leadership. I think it's lacking in our society in a major way. And I don't think people want everyone to just be very blah, blender, gray, not really stand for anything. So I think when you do stand for stuff and, you know, you can be somewhat, articulate about it. You don't have to be super rude. I try to not be super rude. I mean, occasionally I might be, but it's probably deserved. Um, I, I think that some people are drawn to that and the people that aren't drawn to, you know, me taking a stand on hypocrisy and shouting it out or, you know, something else that I might feel really strongly about, then I don't necessarily need them to be in my tight circles. So they can, they can show themselves out and it works. So you mean to tell me when you demonstrate your core values, you attract people that also resonate with those values and you end up working well together. Is that what you're saying? You know, Jonathan, I, that is exactly what I'm saying. That's fucking insane. Mind, <laughs> set, mind blown. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, to your, to your point about leadership too, I, I think, a lot of people are just afraid to speak up and mm -hmm. and when you do speak up you give them permission to go yeah i feel that way too and some of us just have to take that role like we have to be okay with that everyone's not a leader we know that everyone's not going to stand up and voice their opinion out loud we know that but if we can help those people have a little bit more confidence to voice their opinion and state what they believe in then i believe we're all serving our purpose and whatever side of the thing you you know you you fall on doesn't really matter to me but I, it, it's so great and you know it just entertains the living shit out of me because i you know i'm on board like a thousand percent with everything that you believe in oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah so good. um so so you have you have something big 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 Ooh. coming up here soon um it's something that i did almost a year ago now it's something that john did recently and now it's your turn. So share what that is, because I'm super fucking excited for you. Oh, God, I posted on Facebook this morning, and I can't tell you how long I set before I hit the post button, because <laughs> I was like, if I post it, it's real. Oh, God. Um, I wrote a book. Woo! Yeah. What's yeah, the title? It's a little terrifying. It is titled Confessions of an Unhappy Housewife, How I Changed My Bullshit Stories and Created a Life I Love. That's going to be an intergalactic bestseller. I guess. <laughs> You're going to sell them shits on Mars. They should be there by now. 
(laughs) (laughs) You know, I, again, knowing your story, that book is going to help people. And, you know, our circle writes books. We know that like the apex circle of people, we, I, I, we've lost track of how many people have written books, have gone to bestseller. And, you know, some of the books are written just to have the book out there. I get it. You know, it's a marketing piece, it's authority, but like, you really have a powerful story. It's the reason you have the business that you have now too, because you resonate with a certain type of person who just doesn't have a lot of people to resonate with. And, and it's powerful. So what, what has this process felt like for you as you've gone through from the moment that people were like, you should write a book. You're like, nope, not going to do that to now it's going to be a reality very soon. Oh, yeah. I started it last year and I wrote, I think, like two chapters. I think we went to a flying Friday and it was all about writing a book. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do that. Wrote my two chapters, totally quit. Quit for six months probably. And then like, every time I'd see you guys, you'd be like, where's that book? Where's that book? Hey, Kirsten, where's your book? Like, shit, these guys are really going to make me write a book. Um, so I finally committed to getting it done. And it was honestly, it was good. It was cathartic, but it's also currently like where I am in the process. Um, probably one of the most terrifying things I've ever done because I have this weird mix of like, I want to share my story with people in the hopes that they can relate to it, right? And they can use it to write their own story and not just kind of be a passive actor and think, this is all there is. But at the same time, in order to help people, like people have to read it, which is really scary. (laughs) That's the fun part. That's the fun part. Yeah, Yeah, so I'm I'm stuck in between those two emotions. Well, and, and I'm excited for you because, you know, John and I have both obviously gone through the process and it's every time it's still surreal. Every time you see somebody take a picture of your book and send it to you and go, oh, I got your book or, hey, I read this chapter and I'm sitting here in tears right now. Or, you know, they post your book in a stack of all your friends books. It's every every time it's still like, wow, like because it's it's something no one can ever take away from you. And it's something that so few people will ever be willing to even start the process, much less finish it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, it just, it solidifies you. It solidifies your brand. And, and I'm, I, I re, I'm truly excited for you to see what it does for you. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys and all the, um, I think I told you not so subtle and gentle pushes to uh, to do the work. Well, what, what, what you're going to see, Kirsten, that's honestly my favorite part, is you're going to realize all that pain you went through was for a reason. And that, it was, that reason is, like Marcus saying, that other person on the other side, the screen or the phone call or whatever that read the book. And you're like, wow, that's why I was put through all this bullshit. So I can come out the other side a winner and show other people that they can have that same thing. And that's going, that's why you're doing this. And that's where I'm excited to, to dig into this and to see you share that with more women out there. Cause they need to hear this stuff. It's important. So fun. So fun. Uh, the butterflies. Mm. <laughs> um, all right. You know, we uh, seriously, we could just talk for a long time. I got some fun questions for you though. So we're going to do right. questions. Who has, who has the best butt? <laughs> like in the whole wide world 
Yeah. Like if you were Ooh. like, that's the ass I want, whose ass would it be? Damn. I know our starting off. Can I vote? I'm a guy, but I, I it's clearly it's Captain hey. America. <laughs> Captain America. Chris Evans. <laughs> Hands down. <laughs> oh, I don't know if there's one ass. I you can't overdo it. Let's be honest. Okay. Right. I'm, I'm not shooting for like I, I don't need to like store a cup on the shelf created by my own ass or anything. That's not what I'm going for. I just would like some kind of not over the top curves. Um, I don't know. I follow some just like bikini competitors that yeah. have, you know, some, some decent butts. I wouldn't say anybody in particular. I'm, I'm all about the hip thrust life, but I'm not trying to get over the top with this. I mean, I think you could have too much of a good thing. If you know what I mean? <laughs> Not like J Lo or Beyonce or you know any of them. Um, J Lo's just impressive no, because she's like fifty. Yeah, I know, man. Some of these chicks and like that Super Bowl halftime show, even Mary J Blige. I was like, damn, they were. Everybody on that show was like fifty. Yeah, that's. I'm kinda... so excited to turn forty. <laughs> like, guys, life is getting better, like each decade. Mm-hmm. So I can only imagine by the time we're all fifty. It's pretty awesome. Um, yeah. You know, you, we know that you are passionate about politics. If you could choose our next president, who would it be? Uh, let's see. Can I write in Ron Paul? Because that should have happened. Literally like, anyone. <laughs> should have happened a decade ago for sure. Yeah, um, be on that. Yeah, I, I would have to go with Ron Paul. I like Rand Paul. I was kind of hoping that he was going to carry that that Ron Paul torch. Would he? I mean, he, he, he's been pretty solid. Um, I really like Thomas Massey as well. Kentucky turns out some good ones. I'm a Kentucky girl, so I like to <laughs> take a little I mean, pride in that. I think we need Jocko. Jocko? Yeah, I'd say Jocko. I, I'm Mark Cuban, hands down. Um, man, see, I don't know. Is I think Mark Cuban, Mark Cuban would be like way too big government. I don't think me. so. I bet he would. We're having a hypothetical argument now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, I no, I have a better magical power. You lose, you know? <laughs> here's, here's what I really think the solution is. We take the people in charge of Chick-fil-A and the people in charge of Apple. I don't care who the people are. We just shove all the higher ups in a room and go, hey, solve our problems and within six months this thing will be running so efficiently and everyone will be roaming around saying my pleasure and all your technology is <laughs> supposed to work in utopia so yeah you probably can't beat that that's a winning combo um no to be serious though there are like two people that are very active in libertarian and dare i say anarchist circles i really like dave smith who has toyed with the notion of running as a libertarian. Um, I mean, he knows he's not going to win, right? But his goal is just to expand the conversation. Right. And and challenge the, the duopoly. Um, and I really like Michael Malice mm. a lot because um, he's, he's a straight-up anarchist and he will push, you know, what you think is all of our preconceived notions about how things have to work. He'll it. challenge. I dig it. All right, last question. If you could have a billboard with a message on it for all the world to see, what would be the message on your billboard? 
it would probably say you're in charge of writing your own story. Boom. Unless it said taxation is theft, but probably <laughs> I'm teasing. Um, no, it, it would say you're in charge of writing your own story. I love it. I love it. That's perfect. You have so much good stuff going on. You know, again, I'm, it's so fun to watch you grow and, and gain this following of people who are passionate about changing their lives and taking control and, and, it just I love it I love watching it you know your heart's in the right place you got great kids you got an awesome husband by the way like they're still married and and happily married now so (laughs) (laughs) happier now than we ever were before because we had all that shit to fix but once we fix it we got our house in order then everything else got better right yeah amen to that so (laughs) tell tell the people where they can follow you find out more information about you uh if any ladies are listening to this and want your help how they can do that as well absolutely you can find me on all the socials, Kirsten Smith, Facebook, the Kirsten Smith on Instagram, um, kirstensmith.com. You can shoot me an email that way. Hop on my calendar if you want to talk. Um, I also have a Facebook group, which I sent to you guys. You'll put in the show notes. Um, but yeah, a DM on Facebook or Instagram will always get a hold of me. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time. Always a pleasure chatting with you, and uh, we'll we'll see you in the bestseller list very soon. So fun! Pleasure is all mine, guys. Fingers crossed. <laughs> and John, don't I, I, I believe I believe oh. you have just one more thing that to I tell do. People. I do. Don't forget, be like Kirsten Smith and go out there and get what you work, baby. Yeah. yeah. Damn good. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you found value and entertainment in our content. Listen, we love helping fit pros get paid with their worth, and we have something we would love for you to take advantage of. Absolutely. So go to fitprocollective.com forward slash bootcamp to download our free business bootcamp on taking your training business online. This is no BS sales pitch. This is actual strategies that you can implement right now to move your business forward finally again if you liked what you heard please subscribe and review let us know what you think thanks again for listening to real talk with real fit pros where we help fit pros what get what they're worth